seeing Khalil Mack go in a trade like this for a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a little bit maybe feeling underwhelming in terms of compensation, it's hard, right? It's hard to say goodbye and hard to let go. But once you kind of get through the emotional response, we can then start to try and make sense of the deal and what it means for the Chicago Bears. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Hopefully, your first listen every day on the show today. All things Khalil Mack trade, your reactions. The salary cap implications, the trade compensation, what it means for the team, the state of the team now, the team in the future, what it says about Justin Fields, what this team looks like now without Khalil Mack, and what it could mean for the rest of this offseason and other decisions now still to follow this first big domino of Ryan Poles' tenure as Chicago Bears general manager. Because this feels like him making his first big stamp, sending his first message and I think establishing a certain tone for this offseason, right? It clearly sets the stage of, hey, this team is not necessarily all in on 2022, right? The goal is not specifically, first and foremost, to win as many games as possible this season. Of course, they're going to try and win as many games as possible this season, but their priorities are not above all else winning in 2022 the way you see like say the Denver Broncos trade all their draft picks for Russell Wilson to go all in on winning in 2022 Ryan Poles is saying no this Bears team won't be quite ready to win a Super Bowl in 2022 that doesn't mean they can't make progress show promise and be a competitive team in 2022 they're not gonna tank the season no but by getting rid of your premier highly well-paid pass rusher, you're sort of signaling that, hey, you know what? Having the best possible team in 2022 is not as high a priority as clearing some salary cap space, adding more draft picks, and putting the team in a better position for the long-term future, right? That's why they make a Khalil Mack trade. And that's not to say that it's the perfect right decision. I think it's too early to say right decision, wrong decision. We'll see what happens next, right? It's, 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 I think we're too quick sometimes to judge a move like this when it's just the first piece of the picture and we don't see what the rest of the plan is, right? We don't need to see the results, right? We don't need to see, do they win games or not? Do they get a Super Bowl or not to, 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 to evaluate and judge this trade? But we do need to see like, okay, what do they do with the salary cap space and how do they work to replace Khalil Mack and what do they do as a result of this trade, right? Let's see, let's at least see what their whole plan is. And then we can judge whether the process they're going through looks like a good process or not, and then see the results after that. But for now, it is kind of a a hard pill to swallow, right? Because everybody likes Khalil Mack, 
nobody wanted to trade Khalil Mackey. There wasn't really a, a bear, a group of Bears fans out there saying, "Yes, please, we we hate Khalil Mack. We don't want him on the roster." No, that that wasn't part of the equation. There was those sort of fan based discussions right at the bar of like, well, should they consider trading Khalil Mack? Th- that conversation had happened, but it was not anything about whether or not Khalil Mack is a quality player that you would ideally like to have on your roster. It's whether or not he's worth the salary that the team owed him and also what type of draft pick compensation you could get in return. And obviously, I think a lot of Bears fans, certainly at the very least, shocked and surprised to see the move happen kind of out of nowhere like this. It wasn't particularly rumbling or rumoring. You know, it, there was all these other quarterback trades we'd been looking around at, and all of a sudden, boom, Bears trade Mac to the Chargers for a second-round pick this year, a sixth-round pick next year. And so the reaction was mixed, right? We were, ch- we were chatting in the Locked on Bears Facebook group and definitely saw some some balanced takes, some, some really the full range of perspective. Joe said, short-term bad, long-term good. They took more of his contract, so frees us to rebuild and build with players that will be here when we win. Uh, another one says, really concerned about what sort of D we'll have going forward. That from Craig. Uh, Patrick says, sounds like the Chargers took a lot of money off our hands after the season, so perhaps that makes up for the mediocre amount of draft picks. Tim Morrissey says, glad we traded him. Hasn't been an impact player for a while. Sure, maybe he has good games, but you need to be on the field. His injuries always seemed minor and kept him off the field. But then you get the other end of the spectrum. Miguel says, so bad. A second and a sixth. Mac was injured because he was on the field too damn much the past three years. Hard to stay healthy when you're on the field more than half the game. Offense couldn't give the defense a break. Now he's actually had some time to heal and you trade him. I can't believe it, right? You really sort of see the the, the full range of perspective, right? Tony Tony Hambone Jones says, personally, I don't think the trade makes sense, but that's me. I love Mac. Michael Vanderkoon says, should have gotten two seconds, right? There's there's some sort of feeling about that trade compensation, right? A second and a sixth doesn't feel good because for a couple of reasons. One, because of what the Bears traded for him. That's the immediate like comparison we have in your head. Okay, you gave up multiple first-round picks to bring him in four years ago, and now you send him out for just a second and a sixth. That 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 immediate sort of anchor point in our minds helps it feel like not as good of a deal. That doesn't really properly account for how Khalil Mack has aged, what his contract is, and what his trade value might be now compared to what it was in 2018. I don't, you know, there's some different ways you can look at that. But then also, I think you also look back to last season and you see Von Miller traded halfway through the season to the Rams for a second and third round pick. And Khalil Mack then garnering less trade compensation feels like the Bears didn't get enough. That's what it really feels like. And I think when you when you take it into account that, yes, you know, Khalil Mack's contract is difficult for many teams to absorb. You need a lot of cap space to take that on, and the Chargers happened to have it. And so that made a lot of sense for them. You also can take into account that the Rams may have overpaid for Von Miller a little bit in terms of kind of being desperate and going all in on the Super Bowl last year and you know, them not really valuing draft picks the same way as other teams, perhaps. You know, there, there's some different ways you can sort of slice it to justify the Bears trade a little bit more. It still feels a little bit light, right? I don't know that they were ever going to get a first-round pick specifically, but the sixth-round pick is very, very little on top of, you know, that's very, tends to be meaningless. So it's mostly just a second-round pick, which doesn't doesn't really feel like enough for a player of Khalil Max caliber. It kind of feels like they sold low a little bit on him, but they see it as the in the best interest of the long-term future of the franchise. We'll take a closer look at 
what that really means in terms of salary cap and what the team building process is going to look like from here next on Locked on Bears. If you had had odds on a Khalil Mack trade, I don't know that I would have taken them quite like that, but our friends at Bet Online have odds for pretty much everything else you could possibly think of this football offseason with free agency and the NFL draft prop bets all throughout, plus the big college basketball tournament this month with, with conference championship tournaments and then the actual big you know playoff tournament plus soccer, hockey, tennis, boxing, you name it, they have it at betonline.net. It's the number one sports for all number one source for all your sports betting needs and infos, your scores, your podcasts, your news, your wagering information, live betting, plus even your favorite Vegas casino games online. The odds, contests, and player props you want are at betonline.net. Head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to check out and to check out what they've got and learn more about all the different trop trends and action you need to know. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. This trade for the Chicago Bears starts with salary cap relief. Right? That at the end of the day. That's why you trade Khalil Mack, right? I guess you're getting the draft pick compensation in return, right? That's it's sort of it's sort of twofold in that regard. You wouldn't just trade him if you wanted just the relief. You could cut him, right? So that would be, but but the Chargers are taking on the rest of and the full entirety of the rest of Khalil Mack's contract, and so basically all the Chicago Bears have to pay, which is still a lot, is what they have already paid him and are paying for on the salary cap, right? Like when he gets. You know, the, the guaranteed money up front, he earns that money, but then the, the the impact on the Bears' cap is spread out over the remaining years of the contract. The Bears have to still pay Khalil Mack the guaranteed money that they have already paid him. They still have to owe that on their salary cap. And so his dead dead money this season, he's going to cost them $24 million to not play on the team. But they're going to save $6 million because he was going to cost them $30 million had he played on the team. And that number was increased or it has reached this higher level because last offseason Ryan Pace restructured Khalil Mack's contract and converted 15 million dollars of his salary into a signing bonus last season that pushed that 12 million dollars into the future and then they're now having to pay for that so originally it was going to be a 12 million dollar dead cap now it's 24 because they pushed that into this year last year to create the cap space that they did to sign Andy Dalton and um, Artie Burns and Marquise Goodwin, real uh, Jimmy to keep Jimmy Graham, right? I mean, those are the kind of moves they created the salary cap for space for last season, and that kind of I think illustrates why uh, Ryan Poles may have made the deal that he did, right? I mean, we're talking about uh, kind of digging out of some of the the Ryan Pace salary cap finagling, right? We, we talk a lot about this idea of like there being no such thing as a salary cap, right? That's that's one of the concepts that we get here in the NFL media world of like, yeah, teams always find ways to move things around, but you do eventually have to pay for things. And this is sort of Ryan Poles choosing to pay now as opposed to continuing to push it off in the future, saying, you know what? We're going to take our lumps in 2022, right? We're going to eat some of that dead money now and then free up what would have been another what, 24 to $30 million that Khalil Mack would have cost next year to free up more salary cap space too. So next offseason, as of right now, the Chicago Bears have over $100 million of salary cap space. 
Obviously, that's going to change when they sign new players this year that have multi-year deals, when they give contract extensions to some of the players that are coming up. You know, Roquan Smith in, is in there. David Montgomery conversation might start to be in there at some point, too. And, you know, whatever players they sign this year. So that cap space is a little bit inflated right now just because of the timing of it all. But still, they're going to have a lot more cap space next year and in the remaining years of this deal or in the remaining future years after this year because they no longer have to pay Khalil Mack the massive salary that he was going to make. So it's not an immediate like windfall. $6 million is six more million dollars you can spread to a number of other positions, right? But it's definitely more about the cap space in 23 and 24. And then also the second round pick that you do add this season, right? I don't think it's, it's t- because, because the salary cap space is more like in the future, right? It's not so much like the Bears are in fire sale mode, right? This is not trade away all good players that you have and completely blow everything up to rebuild. No, the Bears aren't necessarily in that spot. It wouldn't surprise me if they maybe move on from some other veteran players at some point, but right, this is not necessarily all, all items must go, closing liquidation sale, you know, get it now before before it's too late. Because I think Mac was sort of the exception here, or the one that really didn't fit. Robert Quinn is approaching this conversation, but they might just need at some point enough depth at the four three defensive end position, right, where he can he can at least play this year, and then you're a little bit more flexible moving forward from there. But Mac was was so expensive, and on the older side that that you move on from, right? You're not necessarily trying to cut all your all your old players or all of your expensive players, if your old players are affordable enough and if your expensive players are young enough, you know, then there's not necessarily a reason to get rid of everybody. Could they still move on from, say, Robert Quinn? Maybe, potentially. You still need pass rushers at some point, so that's a little bit unclear. But I think Mac was such a, a particularly burdensome salary cap situation where they just felt like a trade had to happen, whereas Robert Quinn... After this season, you could pretty much cut him at any point and, and save a lot of the cap space and not have to trade him in order to really feel the relief of that contract to where I don't think they're going to necessarily need to need, need to be, you know, so so desperately trying to deal him and, and just take whatever draft picks they can get for, you know, a, a pass rusher like that that can still offer some some real value to this team. So I wouldn't say, like, all, all the ships are, are sailing there, but I do think it might signal the types of, you know, when you look at some of the other players on the team and the other free agents on this roster, the types of players they might be moving on from, right? Like Akeem Hicks, for example. If you're going to trade Khalil Mack and kind of say, you know what, we don't want to we don't want to spend that now because we're just not ready to fully contend for a Super Bowl right now, then I don't think you're going to spend a lot of money on Akeem Hicks to bring him back as a 32, 33-year-old defensive lineman, right? You'd be more likely to bring back Bilal Nichols, who's younger, and is going to be, if you re-sign him, is going to be a two, three, four, five-year player on this defense. But Akeem Hicks is not going to be that, so you're not necessarily going to sign him to a kind of a long-term deal. That's not to say they won't sign veteran players, but I think any kind of veteran player is going to be a, a shorter-term type of deal. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, like, I wonder about Tashawn Gibson, if they might want to go younger at safety. I mean, if, if, he might be in that salary range of, like, he's just cheap, so it doesn't matter how old he is as long as he's on a, a cheaper one-year deal, whereas Akeem Hicks might be a little bit more on the potentially expensive side or just, not cheap side, even if it's not overly expensive, and kind of say, you know what, we just we're, we're kind of moving on where we can, and the more expensive older players because we're just not in that window right now, and that we're going to prioritize 
younger guys at some of those positions and, and whether they're already on the roster or whether they're still going to be on the roster in the near future, that's what it seems to be more about because then it's it's more money to build around Justin Fields. And yes, like you can make the argument that trading Cleo Mack doesn't make the team better around Justin Fields directly right away. No, but it's still, I think, a step toward that process of giving you more flexibility to build around Justin Fields in different ways and maybe not valuing Khalil Mack's position as greatly when you have other players on this roster that can play it and not at Khalil Mack's level, but can fill those roles as you transition to the 4-3 defense. We'll kind of look at what this Bears defense might look like post Khalil Mack and what kind of offseason moves could be in store now that this trade is done next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by the makers of the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. And they really do taste better than any other protein bar product I've found on the market. Trust me, I've, I've tried a lot of protein bars in my day and I haven't found anything that quite tastes this good and is this good for you. Because we mean it when they say Built Bars taste like candy bars. They're covered in chocolate head to toe, 100% real chocolate too, none of that fake crap. Plus, they're soft and easy to chew. But most importantly, they're good for you. They're low sugar, they're low calories, they're high fiber, and they're high protein. Most flavors of Built Bars are all around the same range. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. A bunch of delicious flavors. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to Built.com. Enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Mac would have been just a, a perfectly fine fit, right, in that 4-3 defensive end position. And especially, you know, that spot more than even the interior spots are, are truly the same, right? The only difference between the 3-4 and the 4-3 is whether you're standing up with two feet or putting your hand in the dirt in a three-point stance. And so, like, that's why the transition, I mean, if anything, the 4-3 is easier because you're not asking those guys to drop back in coverage the way you do in the 3-4. And so, like, Mac would have been just a fine fit there the same way Robert Quinn transitioned fine, especially this past season, transitioned just, just perfectly to playing the 3-4 outside linebacker. It's virtually the same the same role. But what it, but what this does do, and I guess before we get into that, the other thing, too, is that, like, when you get into the nickel package, we've talked about this all along, the nickel with the five five defensive backs and the six men in the box, the six men in the box are going to be in the same positions whether you're a 4-3 defense or a 3-4 defense. So it doesn't really change in, in those regards. But when you look at, at the base defense where the Bears will play some of the time, you still have Robert Quinn as, an, as a natural fit as a 4-3 defensive end where he spent most of his career and is probably more generally speaking more comfortable in that spot than he was as a 3-4 outside linebacker. And then on the other side, you still have... I'm going to throw Mario Edwards Jr. into this mix. You know, he, he was playing the interior defensive line role, the Akeem Hicks position in the Sean Desai defense and, and the Vic Fangio scheme last year. But prior to that, he had played more of a 4-3 defensive end role on his previous teams. And I'm imagining the Bears see him slotting into that 4-3 edge rusher role, even though he wasn't the edge rusher in the... 3-4 scheme, but I, I I have a feeling in base downs, when they're in their four down linemen, you know, 4-3, he'll play that starting defensive end role, unless they add somebody else, but he would be the stepping up into that starting defensive end role, and then when they go into nickel packages, he could then kick inside and be more of that interior pass rusher that he was in the Bears 3-4 defense, and offer you that 
positional versatility that way to get more quality pass rushers on the field. If you feel like he can be a, a more explosive rusher kicking inside than maybe other guys you would have at those inside defensive tackle positions. And that's where someone like Travis Gibson can come off of the bench there in that third defensive end role, but play in those nickel and, and passing situations and give you a pretty, in theory, a, a decent enough rotation at those edge rusher spots, even without Khalil Mack. You're not replacing Khalil Mack. You're missing a lot by not having Khalil Mack out there. But you have some you you have depth at pass rusher, right? You have a semblance of of some defensive end depth there. That you, and you, there's still room to then also add more players, right? The, the, like I said at the beginning, like we can't fully judge the Khalil Mack move until we see what they do to follow it. Like how, what what is their full plan for that defensive line? If we get through the offseason and the defensive line is thin and weak and we're like, holy crap, they didn't replace Khalil Mack. That's when we could be extra critical of the Cleo Mack trade and say, what is the plan here? Did they have a plan and get all on top of that? Sure. But for now, we do at least need to give them a chance to like show us what this defense is going to be without Khalil Mack before we absolutely kill them for taking Khalil Mack off of this defense. You know what I mean? Like, let's 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 see this plan through a little bit. They do have on the roster already options at that 4-3 defensive end spot. I do think, though, losing Khalil Mack makes that three-technique defensive tackle spot that much more important because you're losing the elite rusher off the edge. If if your quality of edge rushing is going to go down slightly overall or perhaps significantly, then you're going to want to at least try and bump up the quality of your interior pass rushing as much as you possibly can to try and make up for some of that void left by Khalil Mack. We've kind of talked a little bit on the podcast already about how the free agent marketplace is not a robust one for those interior pass rushers. It's really Akeem Hicks, Calais Campbell. I mean, then you start to get to like other guys that are not, um, you know, super consistent name brand, you know, like Malik Collins from the Texans is kind of that, that more explosive three technique or Maurice Hurst from the 49ers, right? It's not a young, robust free agent class of three technique defensive tackles. It would seem to me like it increases the likelihood of them drafting one, particularly earlier rather than later this upcoming year to get a young player involved, it may also increase the likelihood of re-signing Bilal Nichols to, to play that role as a younger guy there. I think adding the second second round pick will, will help in some of that process of building out this defensive line. It certainly frees up more money to keep someone like Eddie Goldman under contract and to not have to make some of the other potential salary cap type moves that we had, we had talked about or had danced about a little bit throughout this offseason. So it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I just think in terms of free agency, they're not necessarily going to go all in on like a big splash signing to help them win now. They could spend big on a young player, right? It wouldn't totally surprise me if they if there was a particularly like promising long-term piece they could invest a big contract in and say, "You know what? We'll we'll pay it. We'll secure you now knowing that you're not going to help us win a Super Bowl this year, but you'll be here to help us win the Super Bowl in the next 2 to 5 years." I could see that, but otherwise for the most part I think they're going to go a little bit more, you know, lower tier volume type guys, build out this, the depth of this roster a little bit more, find and get, get guys that are still young enough in their careers where you're finding out, okay, are these guys that are going to be around for the long haul or are these guys that 
are, are just going to be short-term options and kind of give you a year to evaluate the guys that you have on your roster, some of the free agents that you bring in and say, okay, come in on a one or two year deal. And if you're really something special here and you play outplay your contract, then we can reward you and keep you around for this longer term sort of plan. But this first year is going to be more of a, a feeling it out type year, getting players to buy in and, and probably winning some games along the way, right? They're not going to, again, intentionally lose games, but they're definitely going to be somewhere in that process. And so I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how they want to operate under free agency, but it should be, again, part of this longer-term future-looking strategy as opposed to exactly what they're doing for 2022. We'll see if there's any other dominoes that fall next after the Khalil Mack trade. Any kind of updates, we'll have them for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today following the big Khalil Mack trade. We're here for you for all of the big moves. If you want more joining in the conversation, the Locked On Bears Facebook group is great. We've been going on back and forth, talking about the deal and a lot of different perspectives in there. The comments on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel are always a great place for discussion as well. And I hope as a result, all of the conversation around the team and around the podcast can make it that much easier for you to bear down.